0: Life Audio. You're listening to Therapy and Theology, and I'm your host, Carly Mercourier. This podcast is a space where we explore popular topics and questions related to the convergence of faith, feelings, spiritual formation, and more. My prayer is that through these conversations, We will grow in our awareness of who we are as beloved children of God, learn to acknowledge our needs and emotions with curiosity and compassion, and rediscover the purpose and power of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. As a licensed therapist and ministry leader, I want to give voice to the many questions we face while cultivating a clearer view of how our faith informs our healing journey. I don't have all the answers, but I am committed to going deeper and walking together. So whether you've been to therapy or know exactly what you believe when it comes to theology, I want to invite you to join this journey as we fearlessly name the complexities of our present reality and press into the hope of the gospel story. So are you ready? Let's jump into today's question and begin this journey together. Hello and happy Thanksgiving week, my friends. I hope that you all are enjoying some much needed rest, quality time with family and friends and some good food this week. To conclude our relationship series, I thought it would be fitting to replay an episode from last Thanksgiving season that highlights four simple ways we can cultivate gratitude in our relationships and community. So often it is easy to focus on the things that stress us out or the things that leave us feeling alone, misunderstood, or uninvited in the holiday season. Yet within the family of God, you are invited to partake in community. And maybe this doesn't look like our family of origin or the people we thought it would, but to know that we are loved and belong in the family of God allows us to cultivate gratitude even in hard seasons. Lisa Whittle, author and speaker, writes this in her newest book, The Good Hard. She defines gratitude saying, Gratitude does not require preference. It requires acceptance. This statement spoke deeply to my soul as I continue, like many of us, to wrestle with uncertainty and unanswered prayers. I don't know why, but the holiday season just tends to bring out all of those things, doesn't it? Yet acceptance is something I am learning I need to cultivate and pursue so that the relationships God has entrusted me with may flourish. So I hope that you enjoy your Thanksgiving and this episode. I thought it would be fun to take this week to focus our attention on the gift of relationships and the simple ways scripture encourages us to cultivate that community. As messy and challenging as they may be, Our relationships with one another are vital to our healing, our growth, and our faith. And so something that I have been very convicted of in my own life lately is my lack of gratitude and attention for the relationships God has given me to steward in my life currently. As I've said before on many episodes, we need relationships. From our families of origin to those who we have chosen to be in our tribe, we are intrinsically designed for togetherness. As we have talked about in the past several episodes, there is much work to be done in learning the skills to steward our relationships well. Yet as we come into the holiday season, I want to encourage our hearts towards gratitude and reframe our perspectives on the purpose and process of cultivating authentic community with those around us. I don't know about you, but sometimes the holidays can Allow us to experience just the dysfunction of relationships and the challenges of coming together with family and friends. And if I'm not careful, I will admit that my outlook on the holiday season can default to pessimism if I'm not careful to focus my attention on the fullness of my friendships and family that God has given me both biologically and spiritually. When we come together to celebrate in the holiday season, we will inevitably face either past memories of pain or present dysfunction of our families and friendships. For some, it will be experiences of firsts this year, of joy or of grief. What can happen in these times of holiday hurriedness is we can minimize or magnify the messiness of our relational connectedness. We can feel discouraged, lonely, left out, or limited by the challenges of finding community that feels like home. So here is where the reality remains in both joy and pain, grief and grace, struggle and sweetness of the human connection. So with this in mind, I want to share four simple reminders as we come to meet with family and visit friends or find ourselves longing for deep community, but not knowing how to start cultivating it. When we look back to scripture, we see such a high priority on community. There are countless passages where we read of the focus and formation of connection in which many call the one another passages. The phrase one another is derived from a Greek word, which means mutuality or reciprocity. It occurs a hundred times in the New Testament and approximately 59 of those occurrences are specific commands teaching us how or not how to relate to one another. So let's just look at four of these one another passages and use them as both a practice of remaining present with the gratitude of what God has given us in our relationships currently, and then also looking for it as a practice to deepen our relationships, to cultivate authentic community in connection with those in our families, with those that we call loved ones during this holiday season. So the first reminder, and I think probably out of all of them, it's the most important, is to pray for one another. In James 5, verse 13, it says, If any one of you is suffering, let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. And then in verse 16, it says, Therefore confess your sins to one another, And pray for one another that you may be healed. I love this passage for many reasons, but one of the things I think is really powerful is that prayer can be used in so many different ways. We see in verse 13 that if we are suffering or if we're struggling, we can pray. But then it also has this coexisting kind of balance of if you're cheerful, let him sing praise. And so in either context, whether we are experiencing challenge or cheer, we can bring it to Jesus and we can be with one another. And that's why in verse 16, it then it says confessing to one another and praying for one another. When I know what my friends are going through, if I'm asking them, you know, hey, how is this holiday season for you? Who are you going to visit over this holiday season? You know, I will know how to check in with them and I will know how to be praying for them and vice versa. If we were able to share with someone that's close to us, like, hey, this holiday season is, going to be hard for me, and these are the reasons why, then they will know how to pray for us. And at the same time, maybe there's so many things to be celebrating this holiday season. If there are incredible testimonies of the Lord, share those. Maybe it's a conversation you have with a family member that you didn't expect to have. We can sing praise. We can praise the Lord for those things. So I encourage you to share, to share with those who are in your community, and then to also ask them, what is it that they need prayer for over this holiday season? Because we see even throughout scripture that prayer is so powerful and it connects us both to one another and then also to allowing the Holy Spirit to work in and through our circumstances, focusing again back on who God is and what he can do through all of our circumstances. So in addition to this first reminder, I also see set forth in scripture a really beautiful Reminder of loving genuinely. I don't know about you, but we can kind of fake love a lot during the holiday season. Going to families' houses, maybe extended family or distended family that we are not super close to emotionally. We can put on a face, a smile, but acknowledging maybe the hurt or challenge within those relationships is too difficult. And so this creates a false sense of peace. It creates an ingenuine Kind of interaction. And so in Romans 12, we see Paul say, let your love be genuine, hate what is evil and hold fast to what is good. And then in verse 10, it says, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Here again, we see another coexistence of tension that we hold in our relationships. Paul says, let love be genuine, but he doesn't negate the challenges of certain relationships or maybe even in a connection that there has been wrong done. He says to hate what is evil. We hold on to the fact that we are not allowing love to cover over wrongdoings, but we hold fast to what is good. And here he says to love one another with brotherly affection, right? And outdo one another in showing honor. So what does it look like this holiday season to outdo those around you in showing honor? I don't always do this well, and I think we all can attest to the fact that we could do this differently. And how would this change the way our community looked? How would it encourage our brothers and sisters to show them honor in a different way? Maybe it's our families. Maybe it's our mothers and fathers. Maybe it's serving at the dinner table. Maybe it's washing the dishes after the Thanksgiving meal. Whatever it might be for you, what does it look like to love with affection, not out of obligation, and outdo those around you in showing honor. Everyone has a different way they like to be loved and honored. And so it might look different for a family member than a friend or, you know, a brother or a sister versus a loved one who's not in your direct family, but asking and being aware of how can I love this person genuinely? And maybe the work has to start in our own hearts if we can't to be able to work out the frustrations that we might have or to be honest with, hey, this is a hurt. This is something that I'm not going to forget that has happened, but I want to hold fast to what is good. And what is good is to, to love one another and outdo one another in showing honor. All right, let's move on to number three. The third reminder for us. Comes from Colossians 13, 12 through 13. It says, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord forgave you. So you must also forgive. So this third reminder is to fight for forgiveness. We just recently talked about this in a previous episode about repair and forgiveness is a hard concept, especially when we are looking at family systems and people that we live very close to in community. There is a lot more tension and conflict that can arise. But here we see a challenge to not negate conflict that might arise in our community, but in cultivating authentic community, we bear with one another. We stay in it. And if we have complaints against another, we share them openly and honestly, and then forgiving one another. This You see this reciprocity in this passage. And we always are looking back to this gratitude towards God's forgiveness for us. And so it allows us to hold our hands open freely and say, I'm wrong too. I'm with you in that. And we can forgive each other, holding space for both of that. So who is it maybe that we need to extend forgiveness towards? Or who is it this holiday season? Maybe we need to come to and ask for forgiveness for something. I think oftentimes we can hold on to complaints or pains because we don't think it's necessary to communicate them. But we see such a beautiful um, connection to deeper community by sharing our hurts, by expressing our emotions and allowing the Lord to heal those wounds slowly at times. But if you haven't listened to the previous episode on repair, please go back and listen to that if forgiveness is something that you're walking through this holiday season. So our final reminder today is coming to come from Hebrews 10, 23 through 25. It says, let us hold fast to our confession of hope without wavering for he who promises faithful and let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So this final reminder to cultivating community is to encourage one another. What does it look like for us individually, to stir one another up to love and good works. And how might we express that in our friendships and with our family this holiday season? Something that I think is so powerful about this passage is that the writer is talking about holding fast to the confession of hope, this beautiful gospel that we have been given, that Jesus is faithful in being our high priest and so we are to stir one another up with love and good works through this good news of the gospel, this amazing gift of God sent through his son. And something that I think is interesting in verse 25 is that the writer talks about not neglecting to meet with one another. And if, if you're listening to this and you're struggling with finding community, I want to encourage you specifically. To find a place to meet together. If you don't have a local church body, if you don't have people that know you that also are seeking the Lord or being able to pour into you on some personal emotional level, please find that, whether that be through a church or small group or a therapist. We are meant for relationship, right? And so let's not neglect to find and form community and For those of you that have community and those of you that are pursuing this cultivation of connection with one another, how can you stir up those around you to love and good works? What does it look like to extend gratitude towards others, maybe even to share your own stories that encourage other people with words or with actions, with your gifts and abilities? There's so many ways to encourage those around us. So I hope these Simple reminders from scripture can help us focus our attention both on gratitude towards the relationships that God has entrusted us with, and then to cultivate health in this community and connection by practicing prayer, by showing genuine love and affection and honor towards those around us by forgiving and communicating where we need to be forgiven And then finally, by encouraging and stirring up love and good works among those around us. I pray that this holiday season will be one where you will see God work in ways that you didn't imagine. And as we close today's episode, I want to share a prayer that I found on friendship that I want to pray over each of us as we go into this season to choose relationships over isolation and to press into what it means to be together as we celebrate this holiday season and walk through life. So let's end with this prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving us such a vibrant community of friends to do life with. We praise you for who you are and how you have blessed us with the ones who have come alongside us to love, encourage, support, and uplift us through all the twists and turns of life. We are grateful that we do not have to go through life alone, but that you have shown us examples of your love through dear friends and family. We pray that you will be present in our friendships, that you will be drawing us together in deeper community with one another towards greater unity in you. We pray that you will help heal any places of brokenness or discord in our friendships and that you would restore any friendships that have fallen apart. Like your word says in Colossians 3, may we be clothed in compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. May we be patient with our friends and family. And may we forgive freely like you have forgiven us. May we shine your light in friendships and giving glory to you through all that we do, say, and think. Thank you for friendships, Jesus. And thank you for the way you are building us up reminding us of your goodness and faithfulness. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Therapy and Theology. If you have a question or topic you would like discussed on a future episode, please feel free to email me or drop it in the comments. Also, don't forget to subscribe to have each week's episode instantly downloaded to your podcasts and see the show notes for resources mentioned in this episode. To access more content, enjoy my monthly email list. For the latest updates and info, visit my website at carlymarcullier.com. I found myself on a ledge three stories high at some condominiums, contemplating my life and struggling to understand my purpose. Have you ever found yourself on the ledge? My name is Billy Yancey. I'm a caring father, mentor, and friend. In my new podcast, Billy and the Goat, I share the life-changing events, that shaped who I am today to remind you that no matter how far you've fallen, God can help you get up and thrive. Listen now at lifeaudio.com.